When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey. Hit it up park. Hit it up park. Hit it with a strike. Hit it with a strike. From the national anthem. Anthem. To the bottom of the night. I'm in. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 495 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is, excuse me, it's not August. It's October 19th, 2023. Obviously, the postseason is continuing. NLCS is heading to Arizona later today at 2 o'clock. And then Rangers and the Astros are continuing their series with Game 4 coming up later tonight as well. I wanted to do a couple more player reviews today. Blake Snell and Michael Waka. If you've missed the other player reviews, I recommend you go to the YouTube channel. Go to the playlist, Season Reviews, the Player Season Review playlist. Click on that and you'll be able to see all of the player reviews that I have done so far. And throughout the rest of this month, I'll be finishing out the rest of the Padres 2023 roster, at least the guys I think that finished the season with the Padres. I think that's who I'm doing here. Um, and Snell and Waka 
are two of those pitchers, obviously. So I'm going to get to them in a second here. If you missed the two shows that I did yesterday, I reviewed Robert Suarez, Josh Hader in the the uh, the morning show, and then in the night show, the the afternoon night time show. Uh, talked about the Juan Soto, Jim Bowden article, the five trade fits there. And so you can go back and watch or listen to that. My reaction to Hassan Kim and Fernando Tatis Jr. being finalists for the gold glove at their respective positions. Kim is a finalist at second base and he's a finalist at the utility spot. And Fernando Tatis Jr. He is a finalist in right field. And I think he should be a slam dunk. Uh, he should definitely win that gold glove award easily there. Um, and who were the other guys? Uh, Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo. Those were the other guys that I reviewed yesterday. That was in the second show that I did. So that's on the podcast platforms. That's on the YouTube channel. And let's get to Blake Snell and Michael Walker. Um, Devin in the comments says, Snell Zillow review should be short and sweet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could talk about Blake Snell for a while. And I'm sure I'm going to be talking about Blake Snell plenty here in this offseason. But as for his season review, I mean, we know that it was spectacular. This was not the season that I was expecting from Blake Snell. Maybe I should have expected this season from Blake Snell because he's a Scott Boris client. It's his walk year. But with Blake, usually it's a inconsistent first half of the season where he's not going six innings consistently, where he's not dominating teams and the walks get to him. And then that snowballs into something else and that's where it's like all right the start of the season if you go to the start of the season for Blake Snell you you were kind of like okay so it's there's still a little bit of inconsistency here but it was the be like the very beginning of the season I'm not talking about like the second month in I'm talking about the very beginning of the season where his first outing was four and a third Three earned runs allowed, nine strikeouts. That was on opening day, right? I think that was opening day. And it's like, all right, the inconsistency, the, the rocky start of Blake Snow, his seasons, that is continuing here with the Padres. His next outing on April 6th, he goes three and two-thirds innings. The next outing is five innings. The next outing is five innings. The next outing is five innings. It wasn't until May where he started really getting in a groove and for the most part, going six innings and racking up a ton of quality starts, getting that ERA down. His ERA was at 788 through two starts. It was at 548 entering the month of May. And then that's, again, that's where he really got going. So the, the first half, Blake Snow, it showed up still at the very beginning of the season. But something turned around for Blake, and he was able to turn that switch on and become second half Blake Snell for almost the entire season. And Blake Snell was not the reason why the Padres missed the postseason. Um, I think that if I was to tell myself going into this past season that the Padres were going to miss the postseason, I would probably think that Blake Snell was part of the reason why, because he would be walking a bunch of guys, and he'd be given a bunch of free passes, and then those guys would end up coming around and scoring. And it, that, while that happened a little bit at the beginning, and there were still outings this year, like, like didn't he lead the league in, in walks, but then he also led the league in ERA? 
So there's still like even going into September, like there's still four walk outings and five walk outings in August. That didn't like go away, but the walks ending turning into runs that was happening early on in the year. And he was able to get out of those jams. And that's what for the Cy Young conversation, like I think it's a slam dunk that Blake is going to win a Cy Young. But there was the conversation before Justin Steele pretty much crapped the bed. Um, and some other guys just weren't comparing to Blake Snow. And then Blake Snow really shut the door in some of his final outings. Um, especially like the Astros outing. Choosing not to go against Oakland. Choosing the Dodgers and pitching really well there. Like he really improved. Maybe not improved, but shut down that. He closed that case. Like, yes, I am winning the Cy Young. You have no other option but to vote for me. That's pretty much what I think Blake did there at the end of the season. But there was some talk about, okay, who's going to win this Cy Young Award? And my case was Snell. Some would ding Snell for the walks, which I understand. But I was propping up Blake Snell. I was thinking, no, this is actually a positive for Blake because this means that he has been this good. He leads the league in ERA with all these walks. So he is making itself harder on himself but he's getting himself out of all of these jams, which is more impressive to me than guys. Now, obviously, you don't want snow walking guys, so I'm trying to find a way to, to put this correctly. It's very impressive that snow was able to get out of as many jams as he did, while other guys, they didn't walk as very many people, but they didn't strike out as many people. Now, Spencer Strider did. But some other guys didn't strike out as many guys. I just thought it was very impressive that Blake was able to get out of the jams that he put himself in. And it's like, no, this is good pitching. This is this should improve his case because he is pitching out of these jams. He is still navigating through all of this traffic here. Which, I, I again, I, I just think it was very impressive. Um, so Blake, he finished his 2023 season. With a 2.25 ERA, a 4.1 F4, 32 starts, 1.189 WHIP, didn't go on the IL at all, right? 234 punch outs, career high, 99 walks, which is a lot, but again, like it's impressive that he was able to still have all these great numbers with all of that traffic. 15 homers, three hit by pitches, and Snell, if he wins the National League Cy Young Award, which I think that we all think that he will, and he deserves to win it. He would join Gaylord Perry, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Roy Halladay, and Max Scherzer as the only pitchers in Major League Baseball history to win the Cy Young in both the AL and the NL. I was, I mean, there was a Jeff Passan tweet, and I have it right here in, in front of me. His last 23 starts... And this was put out September 25th. So this was, yeah, after his last outing of the year. So this was his final 23 outings. And Jeff put there the run totals, the, the, the runs allowed in his last 23 starts. 0 0 0 Zero, zero, one. 19 runs, 18 earned in 135 innings in those last 23 starts. A 1-2-0 ERA. 
Talk about a perfect time to be pitching that well going into your walk year. Now, that's obviously not the perfect time for the Padres because the Padres are going to see Blake Snow go walk in free agency. I just don't see them giving him $200 million. I don't see them giving him $180 million. With the contract that they already gave you, Darvish, the $100 million that's already given to Joe Musgrove, all the money that's locked up with other guys, other position players on the team, there's $40-plus million to Robert Suarez already. Do you want to try to bring back Juan Soto? I mean, there's going to be money there that you're going to have to offer him in case he wants to be back. I just don't see it happening. And a good thing for Padres fans is this is Blake Snell's peak. He's not. I just don't see him being better than this next year or the year after that. So the Padres got his peak. Now, that's what makes this even more frustrating this season, right, is that they wasted Blake Snell's season. They could have gotten something back for him at the trade deadline, and A.J. Preller decided to keep Blake Snell, and it got him nothing. On the Blake Snell's in Italy right now, enjoying vacation in October, when the Padres should be playing playoff games, right? Um, so I thought that they should have traded Blake Snell before the deadline to get something back. Same thing with Josh Hader. Didn't do that, and now they're going to get a draft pick for him when he goes to another team that's because all it takes is that one team that sees Blake Snell and it's like yeah just won the Cy Young big splashy addition like the Padres have done plenty of times here in recent years all it takes is that one team and I don't see that one team being the team that he is on right now in the San Diego Padres and the good thing like I talked about the peak it's not going to get better so whoever is paying Blake Snow. He could pitch tremendously well again, but is he going to win another Cy Young Award? Not so sure about that. Is he going to go six innings this consistently again? Not so sure about that. I mean, the last one, two, three, four, five months of his season, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven outings, that were less than six innings, but he also had multiple outings that were seven in that same time frame. One, two, three. He had three seven-inning outings. The rest were six-inning outings, other than the seven-inning and the five-inning outings. And his ERA, that was 7.88 after his second start of the year on April 6th against the Braves. It went down every start after that. If I'm reading this correctly, every start after that, it went down. 378, 348, 322, 321, 303, 285, 271, 267, 261, 250. Uh, went up to 261, to 263, to 265, to 273. So it did go up, but barely. It barely went up in some of these outings here in the month of August. Then went down to 260. Then to 250 in September, 252, 243, 233, and then 225 uh, in his final outing of the year against the Giants where he went six innings and gave up no runs. I mean, the Colorado Rockies outing, remember that outing? Talk about slamming the door on his Cy Young case. He goes seven innings and gives up no runs. Had the no-hitter there at one point, deep into the game, punches out 10. And it's like, all right. Yeah, you slammed the door on that. I mean, 
props to you, Blake. You're going to get paid. You're going to get the Cy Young. And he said that he wants to stay in San Diego, which that's what he, of course, that's what he's going to say. I loved his Don and Mud interviews. I'm going to miss those. Those were hilarious. I'm going to miss him pitching like he did this year. But I don't think that that's going to continue with the next team that he's on. I'm not saying Blake Snell is going to be crap on the next team that he goes to. I just don't think, I don't see him doing this. I, I see the walks always being there with Blake. That's just who he is. And, but for him to get out of this many spots like he did this season, I think that's very uh, unprobable to be happening in 2024 and beyond. So the Padres, this could be a good thing. Of course, you don't want to be in the, the, the payroll situation that they're in where like they can't go out and sign a great pitcher. Someone maybe that didn't walk as many guys as Snell. Like even someone like Sonny Gray, maybe they don't, maybe they're not in a position to go get. And I would love to have Sonny Gray on this Padres team. Um, you don't want to be in that spot, but I'm saying like maybe this is a positive because like they're forced to, to be like, no, we can't bring you back, Blake. And Blake ends up not living up to the contract that he signed somewhere else, right? It's nothing personal against Blake. I'm just watching. I, I, I'm just looking at his overall Padres tenure. And it's like second half of the year, Blake Snell. Yeah, sign me up. But the first half is a big thing as well. And Padre fans, we know that every game matters now. If anything, ta if we learned anything in this 2023 season, it's that every game matters. And you got to have urgency. And Blake, I wish him well as long as it's not in the National League or National League West. I wish him well in his next spot, right? Uh, Devin says, the only knock I would critique Snell on is the first half woes. Really the first half woes. And then I would knock him on the walks like Mud jokingly did this season on, you know, on the broadcast when they would talk to him after starts, right? Um, but maybe Blake's a superstition guy. Uh, a, a superstitious guy, and he's like, hey, I pitch really well, and then we go talk to Don and Mud the day after. Maybe I should stay in San Diego. Don and Mud ain't leaving, so, or maybe he'll just continue that with the Giants or a team, another team, the Dodgers, or uh, I know that's like the worst case scenario, but another team, and go just go talk to their announcers the day after his starts and make that a, a thing because it worked this year. He wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing that in 2022, right? Every outing. It was every start. I forget if it was the entire year that they did that, but it was for most of the year. After every outing, he would talk to Don and Mud on the broadcast the next day or when it was convenient for both sides to do that. Devin says, regardless, Nelzilla should get the Cy Young unanimously. If he doesn't win, there'll be a riot. I don't know if there's going to be a riot. I think Padre fans will be like pissed off on social media and Blake will be pissed off on social on maybe he maybe he won't show it on social media, but someone will. I'm sure his teammates will voice their displeasure probably on social media. Um, I will probably voice displeasure on social media and make videos and shows about how how the heck did Blake Snow not win the Cy Young? Are you kidding me? Yeah, people will be disappointed, but it's an individual award. And if Blake wins or like, I'll be happy for him. If he loses, I will be like, no, he deserved it for him. But kind of like the gold glove thing, like I was talking about the other day with Tatis and Kim. 
if they lose, if they win, like, yay, or dang it, that sucks. But then you move on because it's not, it's not going to eat at me like this 2023 season did. It's not going to be that disappointing because it's an individual award. Are there parades? Is the whole city of San Diego coming together for a parade if Tatis and Kim win the gold glove or if Snell wins the Cy Young? Snell's going to go get the Cy Young on another team next year when he comes to Petco Park, most likely. So, like, how are we going to feel when they win? Sure, happy for them, but you're going to look back on it, I think. I'm going to look back on it with a negative point of view, probably. Like, seriously? We wasted these guys' seasons. So they win that individual award, but you're looking back on the season, it's like, oh, well, we had the Cy Young Award winner. We had the best right fielder in baseball defensively. We had one of the better infielders, period, in baseball. We had Josh Hader with a sub-2 ERA. We had Juan Soto still with the OPS, I think, over 900. We had all these. There were, there were still positives. Lugo, Waka, Bob Melvin managing this big payroll, all these sellouts. For what? For nothing. They didn't make the postseason. That's, that's how we're going to look back on this season. Uh, Devin, moving to Michael Walker, good segue. Walker was very impressive. The thing I'm concerned with him is the injury history. I would love to bring him back if the Padres are able to. I would love to bring Michael Walker back as well. Um, moving to him, his final numbers, a 2.6 F4, 44, excuse me, not 44 games, 24 games, 134 in a third innings, a 3-2-2 ERA, a 1-1-6-1 whip, 124 strikeouts, 43 walks, 15 home runs, and three hit batters. Made over 20 starts. I thought, for the most part, was a pretty reliable arm. I know he had that injury um, that did sideline him. But for the most part, he gave the Padres six-plus innings. Did that over 10 times. How many times did he do that? 13. 13 times. Allowed three or fewer earned runs in 19 of his 24 appearances this year. Best ERA since 2018. Uh, you know, Bob Melvin spoke pretty glowingly of him whenever he was asked about Michael Walker to the media. It seemed like Michael Walker was a pretty team guy. And it's going to be interesting to see what Michael, Michael Walker's future is. Um, I'll talk about more of Michael Walker's season here. But immediately what we think of Michael Walker, just thinking of him right now, is the future. Is he going to be back as a San Diego Padre? in 24 and in 2025 because it's a simultaneous club option that they have to pick up going into this offseason. It's $16 million in 24, $16 million in 25. If they take up, if they pick up those two club options, you have them for 24 and 25. It's not like you have them for 24 and then you can make the club option decision at the end of 24. No, it's 24 and 25 at the same time. So it turns into a two-year contract were 32 mil. Do the Padres want to do that? Because with Michael Walker, you just have to like assume that an injury is going to happen at some point. You just hope that the injury is not for an extended period of time. It's just missing a start, a couple starts, a few starts, maybe a month. And he can be healthy down the stretch. He can give you quality starts when he is on the mound. Is that a risk the Padres are willing to take? when they're trying to lower payroll. Um, the rotation, I mean, right now, Darvish Musgrove, 
Musgrove's already throwing. We'll see what happens with Darvish. I don't know if they've made a, uh, a decision yet on if he, if he needs surgery or not with the bone spur and the elbow. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But right now it's Musgrove and Darvish in the rotation. Nick Martinez, there's no decision made there yet. Seth Lugo, he's going to be a free agent because he's not going to take the player option. Waka, we'll see what happens there. $16 million club option. If not, I don't know if those turn into a player option. If they do, he's going to free agency. For me, it's either club option, Padres take that, or Michael Waka goes to free agency because I think he earned himself a one, at least a one-year raise. Maybe it's going to be a two-year contract. But I think at least it's a one-year raise. It's not what he was making. Let me pull up his contract here. Michael Waka contract. Yeah, so it's it's labeled as a four-year, $26 million deal because there's 2023 where he was paid 8 mil. Base salary was 4 mil, but yearly cash, it says 8 mil. Adjusted salary, $8 million. Payroll salary, $8 million. Then it's the club option here for 16 mil, 16 mil club option for 25. But then looks like the player option got taken away. Okay, if the club options are declined, then three separate player options become available. So he doesn't have to take those all at the same time. He would take it one year at a time, I think, is what this contract says. It would be. So no, let's say the Padres don't pick up the club option for $16 million, simultaneous club options for 24 and 25. Then he'd have a player option for $6.5 million for 2024. He's not taking that. He's going to go into the free agent market, and the Padres are going to have to bring him back on at, le- at least a one-year raise. If his market decreases, at least a one-year raise, and then probably some player options on top of that. That might be higher than the player options that were set in this contract. Or maybe it's the same, and it's just a payroll raise. Uh, It's just a a one-year raise for 2024. I don't know, but it's it's either between, it's either going to be they're bringing them back on the club options, or they're going to have to bring them back on a multi-year deal or a one-year deal. At least 10 mil, right, you would think for Michael Walker. It's going to have to be a raise if it's even a one-year deal. I think there's other teams that would be willing to give him at least a one year with an option, maybe a one year with a mutual, one year with a player, one year with the club. If the club declines, it turns into a player like this. Um, and if the you know the Padres, they were willing to give him a deal through technically 2026 here, because again, if those club options are declined, it turns into three potentially three player options. So he could be here through 2026. If, let's say, the club options are declined, he goes back into free agency, he's going to ask the Padres to give him at least a one-year guaranteed deal with the Rays and then two more years tacked on. Maybe not guaranteed, but he's going to say, you were willing to give me that through 2026 in the first contract. I I pitched pretty darn well with you. You got to give me that at least. And are the Padres willing to do that with Michael Walker? That's that's a question. Um, but... Let's get back to Michael Walker just going over his 2023 season. There's obviously going to be plenty more probably Michael Walker talk here in the offseason. But this year, 3-2-2 ERA, 134 innings, which was the most that he has pitched since 2017 when he had 30 starts with the St. Louis Cardinals. 
Obviously, 2015 was his career high. He was an all-star that year, 30 starts. Just, I mean, that was, I mean, he came right onto the scene in 2013 with the Cardinals with a 278 ERA. And we were like, oh, wow, okay, this guy, watch out for this guy. I'm not saying Waka sucked. He definitely has not sucked. Um, There's a bunch of sub four ERA seasons, but there have been plenty of injuries. And he has now bounced around the Mets in 2020, the Rays in 21, the Red Sox in 22, and now the Padres in 23. He did tell the media right when he signed with the Padres that he wanted to stay like in one spot. So he he liked having this multi-year deal potentially. So maybe he wants to stay with the Padres, but he's going to have, he's going to be asking for more money. He's not going to come back unless it's the club option route. He's not going to come back on these, these, uh, what six, what I say? $6 million, six and a half million dollar player option for 24. I have a hard time believing he's going to come back on that. Um, But if we look at his game logs for 2023, a lot of six-inning outings you'll see here. You know, gives up seven runs. It was kind of like Blake Snell, like a little bit of a rocky start to his Padres tenure. But then he settled down. Um, He he didn't pitch much in July because he was on the I.L., uh, with the, it was the shoulder, right? Made one start in July. But there were very, after his first month, after April, there were very few blow-up outings. I'm going through his game logs, and there was an outing August 27th where he walked five guys, right? That, he did something he had never done in his career. I think it was walking four guys in a row, something like that. He had never done that before. Uh, it was crazy. So that was a that was a one-off. I uh, gave up seven runs against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. But you look at the other, so those are two like one-off outings. So two-off outing, I guess, right? But you look at all the other outings, and they're six inning outings, they're five and a third. Um had a two three nine ERA. Opponents were hitting two oh one off of him from the start of May through the rest of the year. And if we want to go to the splits and go like month by month here. Another what if is like, what if Waka was healthy, right? And he didn't miss that time. And some other guys weren't pitching, making those starts. What would have happened with this Padre season? They missed the postseason by a couple games, a few games. He had a 2.62 ERA at home, 4.07 on the road. Uh, but I think, you know, the ERA is inflated because of that bad outing that really bad outing against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium where he got tagged with all those runs. Um, but like month of May, opponents hit 147 off of him. Month of June, they hit 159 off of him. Month of August, 207 off of him. Um, he, he was pretty reliable. Um, he, I don't think he was just trying to remember Seth Lugo's game logs from yesterday. I don't think he was like as consistently going six plus innings as Seth Lugo. But what are the age differences here? Waka and Waka has more innings on his arm. He's more, he's a starting pitcher. Lugo was a reliever. So maybe that plays a little bit of a factor. Waka's only 32. Seth Lugo is, oh, he's 33. Okay. So they're around the same age. 
But yeah, I, I attribute some of the injuries and all that, like more innings, more on Michael Walker's arm than on someone like Seth Lugo. If you're telling me I have to pick who I bring back, Lugo or Waka, now take out the contract thing because I would probably pick Waka contract-wise because you can't control Lugo because he has a player option. He's not taking that. He's going to be a free agent. You can control bringing Michael Waka back. So I'm like, take the sure thing. You, it's not a guarantee that Lugo will be back regardless of what you offer him, right? Another team could offer him more, bring Waka back. But just based basing... Just Waka, Lugo, not basing it off the contract, just performance. I would go with Seth Lugo. Not to like crap on Michael Waka, but the injuries do scare me a little bit. And Lugo, if things aren't working out in the rotation, he can go to the bullpen. If help is needed in the bullpen, he can go to the bullpen. Him and Nick Martinez, I think, are very valuable to this Padres team. So if you're asking me to pick one or the other, I'm going to go with Lugo. I think he does have a little bit of a fresher arm starting pitcher-wise. Again, like, Waka has, there's a lot of innings, a lot more innings on that arm. How many, let me see here in the big leagues. I'm going to compare Waka and Lugo. Lugo starting pitching innings, or not starting pitching innings, but just innings overall. In his career, 641 innings, 1,288 career innings in the big leagues for Waka. That's a big gap, right? I'm going to go with Lugo. So, you know, but, but Michael Walker overall, like that was, I was, I was pretty impressed by what I saw from Michael Walker. But the injury, like Ryan Weathers, Jackson Wolf, Matt Waldron, they had to make some starts when uh, Walker was out. So it's, it's another what if. There were a lot of injuries. What if these guys were healthy? What would have happened there? Um, because no disrespect to guys like Matt Waldron or Ryan Weathers or Jackson Wolf, like I would rather have Michael Walker pitching or Seth Lugo or Joe Musgrove or you Darvish. I would rather have those guys pitching in games that you need to win than those guys. That's just the way it is. Um, but overall, I mean, I'll take Michael Walker's season. Three two two ERA, kind of back end rotation guy. I'm going to take that. His whip was under 1.2. I'm going to take that. All right. Quick break, and then I'm going to get to some in the chat here. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. Getting to the chat here. Not a lot of people in here, but I get it. There's, you know, people have jobs and they're working. Uh, Devin here says, Waka was very impressive. The thing I'm concerned with him is the injury history. I would love to bring him back if the Padres are able to do. I already read that, I think. Yeah, the injury history is a thing. It definitely is a thing. If I were to go to Michael Waka, his uh, MLB.com page, because I know MLB.com, they list all of like the the uh, IL stunt IL stints that these guys have been on in their career. So this year with the Padres, the right shoulder inflammation, July 2nd, he didn't come back till August 15th. And then 2022 with the Red Sox, right shoulder inflammation again, left in intercostal irritation. 
Don't know what that is. Uh, 2021 with the Rays, right hamstring tightness. With the Mets, right shoulder inflammation again. With the Cardinals, this is way back in 2019, but maybe some of these issues pop up again. I'm just throwing them out there. Left knee, left oblique strain. Um, 2018 was that. 2018, yeah, oblique strain. 26, now way back, so I probably should stop, but 2016, right shoulder inflammation. So he's had plenty of right shoulder problems to put him on the IL a little bit. So that's obviously a concern, yeah. Um, and like Lugo this year didn't deal with any arm issues. I'm not saying he's not going to deal with any next season, but that's something that the Padres have to weigh, obviously. And they probably want both back, but what is Waka going to command? AAV wise in free agency. Is it 10 mil? Is it 12? What is it? I mean, Shamanaya got, didn't he get like 12 mil? Um, what did Clevenger get? Um, what is Lugo going to get because teams I think teams would they rather go with Walker or Lugo I think some teams would pick Lugo as well so maybe they're willing to give Lugo more money than Walker on the open market again the Padres can control bringing Michael Walker back they can't with Seth Lugo so maybe they go the guaranteed route like yes we know Michael Walker can be in the rotation let's bring him back and they're willing to give him 16 mil a year but they also might think that that's too much because of the injury history or because of their payroll situation. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there for sure. Uh, yes, Devin, I do have the Snellzilla. Oh, wait, Snellzilla bobblehead. Do I? Maybe I don't actually. I have the Donna Mud bobblehead. That's what it was. I, I think because Snell with, you know, Donna Mud interviews in the dugout, he they were promoting that and he was talking about that. Yeah, so. I I do have the Don and Mud one. I don't I don't think I have the Snow one. Um, what's your number one priority for the Padres off season? Starting pitchers or a first baseman slash DH? Uh, number one would probably be the starting pitching. I mean, look at the playoffs, right? Like, I think what's most important is making the postseason. It's not winning the division. You'd want you'd like to win the division. You'd like to have the wild card buy. But the most important thing is making the postseason. And the Phillies have their team built for the postseason. Right? They do. The Dodgers did not have their team built for the postseason this year. With Now, maybe they did at the beginning of the year, but there were injuries, right? And you look at their rotation, and it was like, yeah, this is not a playoff rotation. The Minnesota Twins, for example, they kind of had their rotation built for the postseason. They were able to get past the Blue Jays. It was kind of competitive. Uh, because they had, with the Astros, because they had Pablo Lopez, they had Sonny Gray at the top. They were able to go to those guys. Do the Padres have that? You could say that with Darvish and Musgrove, but there's question marks. Um, having starting pitching is huge come the postseason. If you don't have starting pitching, what team that didn't have starting pitching won the World Series? Name me a team recently that won the World Series without starting pitching. I'll wait. The Padres, I think that it's a, it's not the best strategy, but you they're like kind of forced to hope because of the guys that they have locked down long-term. If Soto's not moved, you hope Soto has a really amazing year. You hope Tatis has a better year. Uh, 
um, coming off of a fresh, like full, regular offseason, right? Manny, you hope that he's healthy and has a better year. Bogart, you hope that he has a better year. Cronworth, you hope he has a better year. Kim, you hope that he continues. If they have Grish still, uh, you hope that he can hit over 200. You know, it's a lot of hope, right? Um, Campy, can he stay healthy, right? Whoever you bring in for a backup catcher, is Gary coming back? Um, you hope that the offense is better. I think that the starting pitching needs to be the priority over first base DH. Although first base DH probably needs to be right below starting pitching. But starting pitching, I mean, just look at the past World Series champions. The Houston Astros, starting pitching. Did they have it? Yes, they did. The Washington Nationals, that's Washington. Well, let's let's go in order. So 2021 with the Braves, did they have starting pitching? Yes, they did. Uh, 2020, that's, let, let's go to 2019. 2019, because I, I skipped 2020 because like Kershaw, people are like, oh, he was good in the postseason. He got that World Series. Well, yeah, look how many fewer innings he pitched. What would have happened if he actually pitched a full season and had to play in the postseason? You know, um, you look at 2019. Did the Nats have starting pitching with Scherzer and with Strasburg and with Patrick Corbin when he wasn't sucking? Yeah, they had starting pitching. Yeah, they sure did. And you look at the 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 Astros when they like at least got to the World Series, right? With uh, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. It's like, yeah, they had starting pitching. So you go back to these World Series champs, 2018 with the Boston Red Sox, Nathan Avaldi starting some games and being willing to pitch 100 pitches out of the bullpen. Um, I forget if David Price, was he starting at that point? I think he was. Chris Sale was, he was healthy at that point, right? Like they got that one World Series run out of him. Like starting pitching is huge. You look at the Phillies getting to the World Series last year. Did they have starting pitching? Yeah, Padres fans, we know that they had starting pitching with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. And look what they're having now, right? You're seeing it there with the starting pitching that they have. And even someone like Ranger Suarez, like that's still someone that can set you up. And obviously they have a great offense and they can hit a bunch of home runs, but that's what we thought this Padres offense could do going into this past season was they could do what the Phillies were going to do. So... There's still, I guess, that potential there for the Padres offense. Both should be priorities, no doubt about that. But the number one priority for me should be starting pitching, especially when, like with the lineup, there's a lot of guys that are here. You know they're going to be here. You have Tatis and Manny and Soto, maybe, <laughs> hopefully, and Bogarts and Cronoworth and Kim. You know guys are going to be here in Camposano you know, like a big chunk of the lineup, you know what it's going to be. With the rotation, you don't know. It's Musgrove, Darvish, coming off of ending the season on the shelf. And then is Waka back? Is Lugo back? Is Martinez? Is it going to be Pedro Avila pitching in the five spot in the rotation and Matt Waldron? What's going to happen there? Blake Snell probably leaving. Who are you going to bring in to replace Blake Snell? Like, there, what trades? Is there going to be a trade to acquire a starting pitcher? Like, what's going to happen there? I feel like there's a little bit more uncertainty there with the starting rotation than there is with the lineup and first base and DH, you know? 
So hopefully I answered that question good for you there. Um, Balua asks, why do you think about, what do you think about Xander moving to second base if he could? I'd be fine with that. Having Kim play shortstop, Xander play second. Um, does that mean Crony is playing first base again? Or does he shift to the outfield a little bit? Does he move into a Chris Taylor role? What happens with Jackson Merrill when he comes up? Is he a utility guy? So you have two utility guys and one of them's making $70, $80 million in that contract, which, by the way, is just starting in 2024. Um, but yeah, defensively, that's probably better. Now, Kim is more familiar. He is a gold glove finalist at second base. But I think the better shortstop defensively is Kim over Bogarts. But I'm not saying... But if Bogarts is still playing shortstop and Kim's at second base, that's not the end of the world. And I think it, you could, you're could you probably going to see Kim at third and Bogarts at short and Crony at second to start the season because Manny's going to be DHing if Crony's not moved, right? And Kim's not moved. I think you could see that to start the year. But then when Manny comes back and plays third base, I'd be fine with Bogarts at second base. It seems like he really doesn't want to move to first base which I want more of the team first mentality. And it's like, dude, you're getting paid $280 million. They're not putting you on the bench in year two. Like, at least permanently. You're fine, dude. Do what's best for the team. But I understand, like, he's, he, he feels like he's a shortstop. And he plays, he's played shortstop his whole life. I think he, he he's more willing to move to second base than shortstop. And if that's the, the middle ground that the Padres and Bogarts can come to, then, okay. I just want the best team. I don't care about players' feelings. I want the best team. Uh, Devin asks, can Manny be an option for first base if we can't afford one? I think it can be because Preller thinks of every little possibly possibility. I think he's like, he probably does throw that around. And I think Manny would be willing to do it as like last resort. And I think he's, what, we think a man he's not watching the postseason at all? I think he is. And I think that he's seeing, I hope that he's seeing what Bar Bryce Harper is doing, coming off of an injury. And Bryce was a little bit different, but, you know, arm still. And he's seeing what Bryce is doing. Team player willing to do whatever. Maybe not the, the, the most... Uh, the defensive fit that makes the most sense. But he did it for the team, and he's open to doing that full-time. I don't think Manny wants to play first base full-time. Don't get me wrong. But this could allow Bogarts to play third instead of playing second. You could have Crony go to second, which he's better at than first. You could have Kim go to short, which he might be better at than second base. Have Bogarts play third. Um, and you have Manny play first. We know he can pick it. So maybe... Maybe if that can get Manny back on the field better or, or get Manny back on the field quicker, maybe that's what they do. I think it's a possibility, but I don't think it's a greater possibility than like Bogart's going to second base and Kim being at third because Kim does have experience at third. Manny doesn't have experience at first base, right? So maybe, maybe he does it. I hope that he'd be willing to do it because he has his money already. And you should look at the Phillies and be like, man, they got a bunch of team players on that team. Yeah. You know what, Bo Mel? I'll be willing to play first base. 
I'll work on it. Yeah. Whatever helps the team. I hope that's what the mentality is. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So that's, I'm sure that's something the front office is throwing around. Now, is that going to be received well by Manny? Not so sure about that, right? We'll see. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Prayers episode 495. Thank you all for the questions, the comments. As always, I probably should have said this earlier on the show, but as always on these live streams, I give you an opportunity to come join the show. I, you know, just click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat on future shows. I appreciate the time on podcast platforms, on YouTube. Reminder, you can use my code TALKINGFRIARS, $20 off on SeatGeek. Underdog Fantasy, a 100% deposit match up to $100. Click the link in the description there or use code TALKINGFRIARS. BreakingT.com, click the link in the description for some great San Diego sports swag. Padres, Aztecs, Wave. Wave their playoff match, semifinal match coming up November 5th. Get your tickets on their website. Gaglione Bros, their main location is on Friars Road. And Foco, some great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. Click the link in the description for that. All right, that's it for this show, episode 495. Again, a reminder, you can catch my Juan Soto, uh, Jim Bowden, five potential fits for a Juan Soto trade. My thoughts on that article in episode 494 that was done last night. You can check that out on the podcast platforms and on YouTube. And the other player reviews, go to YouTube, the playlist, player review, and you'll see all the player reviews there. That's it. See y'all later. Thank you.